What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. Scott here with you, back for another awesome episode. Coming at you live from the last American Vagabond Studios here in historic Franklin, Tennessee. I got an awesome episode for you guys tonight. Um, one of my dear friends we've actually had the opportunity to work with uh, over the last year or so. But uh, real quick, you guys, I just want to tell you how you can come support the show. So if you head over to the website at rebunk.news, you're going to find all the links for the show. So go check it out. Also, when you first pop in there for the first time, it's going to pop up. Enter your email. That way you know when uh, I'm about to shoot an episode out or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, so sign up for the email list. Uh, let's see, all the video platforms, uh, Rockfin, Band.Video, Odyssey, Rumble, and BitChute. Um, I've been experimenting with streaming to YouTube, so we'll see how that goes, but uh, not really going to promote it very much. I'm on all podcast players, so if you're watching, uh, make sure you subscribe on like iTunes, Spotify, and a great way to support the show is just provide a you know a five-star review. You know That, that helps drive the, the show to more listeners. Uh, the premium content is over on Subscribestar. So if you sign up, a little as five bucks a month really helps do a lot to help keep the show going. Um, there'll be premium content that I'll be posting periodically on there. So Subscribestar.com forward slash Rebunked, or you can get a link on the website, Rebunked.news. Um, you'll also see all the social media platforms. Telegram, t.me forward slash Rebunked pod is going to be the best way to follow the show. Um, I'm on all the other ones too, but uh, the best way to get direct, non-algorithmically driven Posts from me is on Telegram, and you can interact and post. I'm usually like in there, pretty responsive. Um, and then uh, also at the bottom of Rebunk.News, you'll see any value for value donation contribution options. Um, the only other thing I want to shout out at the very top of the page, also you'll see the T-shirt shop. So if you click on or also go to Rebunk.News forward slash shirts, you're gonna see the T-shirt shop. So we got the logo. We've got two different styles of shirt that just says build. You know, because we're all about building here. We got uh, Mary will appreciate this. Compliance is violence, right? Uh, you can't depopulate an idea. I see false flags. We are many. They are few. So, all right, guys. So, uh, also, this is brought to you by Big Frog T-shirts out in Beaverton, Oregon, who are listeners of the show. They're totally on the level. So, by getting a T-shirt, you not only support this show, but you support a local liberty-minded T-shirt shop in Portland. So, who would have thought, right? All right, guys. So, without further ado, my guest tonight is the powerful Miriam Hanane at HoneyColony.com and just various other things. Investigative journalist, author, uh, functional medicine consultant, just general badass in all in all in all aspects. So, Miriam, welcome. Hi, nice to see you. Congratulations on your new show, and thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, I guess before we get too far into it, maybe do you want to give listeners a little bit of your background or whatever you want to uh, let them know about you to bring them up in, up in the conversation if they're not familiar with your work. Absolutely. I am a real investigative journalist, not a prostitute or a parrot of 25 years, hailing from Montreal, Canada, used to work with the mainstream, was employed by MSNBC, directed a film called Vanishing of the Bees, and also had a near-death experience that really opened my eyes to Western medicine and uh, subsequently studied functional medicine through the Institute of Functional Medicine and launched the website, magazine and marketplace, honeycolony.com, then was attacked for selling CBD before everyone and their mama in 2016 and had to create simplytransformative.com. So I'm an OG when it comes to censorship 
And um, I now, I've been covering the Rona since 2019, knew this was going to happen, and here we are. And um, now I am uh, enthralled, obsessed in regards to George Floyd. I know that there's a lot of fatigue and I'm um, still working on a documentary to go along with the book. And of course, you, Scott, helped me with uh, the kick-ass trailer. And so, by the way, I, maybe I told you, I, I'm going to be, I'm working with Duncan for um, um, to, to deliver uh, an assembly, but I'm going to be working with the production company Hibbler Productions, Sean Hibbler, who actually made a documentary in 2020 called Psychological Operations, because I was asking God, please send me someone who has editing chops, but also knows the story because it's so complex. So I'm, I'm excited and hopefully will beat Candace Owen to the punch because I don't know where she got her information, but hopefully she didn't steal it from me. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's crazy, man. I, I I saw some promotion about her, but yes, I hope that you get it out. And, and either way, yours is going to have a very unique flair. Like as you alluded to, yeah, I did have the opportunity of working with you a little bit behind the scenes. Um, you know, I have some I have some editing skills, but you know, I was able to get get us to a certain point, but then that needed to be kicked up to uh, it's probably someone with a little more editing skills. But it's interesting having been you know, behind the curtain of this project. Like I got to see very much like, you know, you sent me all the footage, you sent me all the stuff that you had. And I was able to like formulate my own opinion. That was so much different than what was presented to us on, on the mainstream. And I like, you know, one of the big takeaways I had is like, they, everybody got it wrong. Everybody, nobody was reporting on it accurately in any way, shape or form. And whether that's deliberate, well, it has to be deliberate, right? At that point, if you're getting this, only this story from this side and you're getting only this story from this side, then that means that they're intentionally covering up the truth and the whole thing, the whole thing is just crazy. So for you, what, what was, uh, as we get into this here, like what was your first indication maybe that there was something amiss to this whole thing? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, it's, let's go back to 2020 and I'm, I'm in the jungle and uh, Costa Rica, Costa Rica yeah, yeah. and uh, Zach Voorhees, the Google whistleblower, both of us are news junkies and, and uh, um, compare notes. And so he asked me to choke him and uh, he said he was doing the George Floyd challenge. So I hesitantly pressed down on his, on his neck and the George Floyd challenge is to see whether you can breathe while you're talking and then I told him, well, the only way to find out is if we call the medical examiner. And I've personally have been to the coroner's office in Los Angeles and have a fascination with death. I'm not scared of mortality, which is probably one of the reasons why this pandemic didn't uh, work on me. Um, so I called the I called the medical examiner and I also called the toxicology lab. And I'll get to that one in a moment, but the, the medical examiner said, oh, the report will only be available uh, in weeks and weeks and weeks. And literally a couple of hours later, CNN um, leaked these preliminary reports specifically to sow discord and to rile up the people in what would be these uh, supposed protests, but in reality, riots. And so that was one thing. And then the next day, uh, or the day after that, I interviewed um, Giovanni Thunstrom, who's his employer, 
He worked for El Nuevo Rodeo with Maya, but also at the Congo Latin Bistro. And I noticed these very broad talking points, uh, you know, black, white, uh, strangulated, even though, like, for instance, if you remember, Scott, there was um, liquid coming out from underneath the car. And I myself thought, oh, my God, did he pee on himself? But that turned out to be um, air con fluid, air conditioning fluid. And also his nose was bleeding. And only later, much later, did I learn that that he bashed his own face against the plexiglass. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so uh, just there was also the sister who was wearing on TMZ an I Can't Breathe t-shirt. Mm -hmm. And I wondered to myself, like, oh, where'd you get that from? print shops are essential like who's like oh let's print a, the last words of george floyd like that's so tasteless and then i learned that that was the exact slogan that was um also repeated by eric garner 11 times who's also represented by benjamin crump so just con continued in real time to see things being scrubbed and of course as you know maybe the audience knows that they purposely sat on the body worn footage because of course you form a perception and then it's very difficult to undo that perception and so for instance my mentor is black and he of course there's real racism and police brutality so people will be uh, eclipsed by their own uh, experiences or biases so they can't see the greater um, ruse at play. And since you worked on the trailer, by the way, that I've purchased more never-before-seen footage, for instance, um, the body-worn footage of Derek. Oh, wow. Conveniently, his his camera, body-worn camera, fell underneath the car, mm. but there's still, it was playing. And, and, and so now... You know, for instance, the media told us that they arrived there coincidentally. They all met coincidentally. Well, I have footage that shows that George and Maurice arrived together. Mm -hmm. and, and so, yeah, I I, um, I am obsessed. And, and I think that really investigations take time. And this has really been a forensic investigation. And I'm writing as I'm doing active um, investigation. So it's an advantage to me in a way that, no one's paying attention. It's a disadvantage in that people have fatigue, but they don't realize perhaps that this is the event that ushered in the color revolution. And so my thought was like deconstructing a psyop in, in earnest, trying to understand what's real, what's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So can you, uh, like, like, that's a good point. And maybe we'll get there. Like, I, I love to talk about like the correlation of now, Okay, this event was used to then kick off, you know, this this uh, social unrest and destabilization for sure. Um, and the idea of the color revolution for sure. But uh, but well, first of all, like, how is the book coming? How is the book coming? I'm so the book, the book I've just finished. Um, I finished. I'm eighty five percent done. I just awesome. finished my uh, Derek Chauvin chapter, and um, now kind of just getting into the the statue to tell the people that by the way regardless of the fact that they lied this was a neck restraint an MRT maximum restraint technique mm -hmm. that was used and incredibly incredulously they forbid the manual initially from being shared 
at the trial and then they allowed it, but only in respect to Thomas Lane. And they literally removed the photo that recreates this restraint, like Mm -hmm. exactly the way Derek was. And um, I just got off the phone every day, Scott, I learned something new. And um, so I, had run his social security number. I obtained his social security through a FOIA. And uh, then I sat on a year. I purchased um, George Floyd's debt from Cup Foods. So technically, George owes me $20 Mm. so that I can legally look at his um, social. And I've come across something quite explosive, and I'm still trying to wrap my my brain around it also got a whole bunch of phone numbers. So for instance, I just got off the phone with someone that was close to the mom, CC. And when I said, do you know Maurice? He's like, who's that? And when I said, who's him? like, what are your thoughts on Derek? He's like, who's Derek? And you know, there is a, there is a rumor that was put forth by Timothy Javitt, an attorney that the real George Floyd had died uh, years ago. So that will be in the book, although mm. that, that's, um, that's not my, my take per se sure. of George Perry Floyd. Yeah. And, and, you know, just from working with you and just to getting some of the backstory, I'm not going to go into any of it, but, you know, you do have some interesting revelations. I'm really looking forward to coming across what you uncover for sure. There's so many weird things that like, if you don't, if you're not going through that footage with a fine tooth comb that you would never notice, like one of the big ones that stood out to me, like what you were, you were insistent on this one thing being in the in the in the trailer and i'm just like i don't know what oh and then when i saw it i saw it like for example like so this all circulates around like a counterfeit bill like they were trying to pass a counterfeit bill well i say they because sure it was floyd was the one who passed the 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 counterfeit bill that that caused this whole situation to erupt to begin with but like when you look at the footage beforehand like maurice his friend if you guys are familiar with the footage the gentleman with like the long like dreadlock hair he's got like a wad of cash that big in the store that he's just counting out. And like him and Floyd are doing like hand to hand. Like, so was that all counterfeit bills? And then the other big like red flag too, is the, uh, the one that I was just talking about the, the thing that you wanted to have in the trailer was the, there, there's like money on the, when the cops approach him, there's like a $20 bill, like sitting on the ground in front of the car. Like I was almost like they were trying to discard it as if he knew that it was kind of like, you know, bad money that he didn't want to be associated with. But anyway, what's, what's your take on all the counterfeit money fiasco? So I invite people to see my exclusive interview with Maurice. Yes, and we're going to get to that. But yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, he doesn't know what I've, you know, how in-depth I've been looking at this. So for me, it's like really God, me scoring, and we did it on the anniversary of George Floyd. And then Maurice is disappeared. His phone Mm -hmm. has been cut off. Wow. I I can't reach him. And I, I sincerely just checking to see if he's okay. But. He told me that he had $7,000 with him that day, and he says it's real. So someone within Cup Foods who's become an associate, I guess, for lack of a better word, said that George and Maurice tried to buy an iPad that day with fake money. And um, when he tried to pass a fake bill, it was rejected, but yet they accepted it from George. So again, like, let's say you and me go into a store and you try to pass a fake bill and it's rejected. And then 10 minutes later, I go to the front, to the, to the cashier, you're with me. And then they accept it. 
And yet the cops don't call the police. Like I would have called the cops on like, there's three people here that are loitering. And, uh, and then of course they don't leave. Right. Why it's a holiday. Um, why didn't they skip task leave? And supposedly, you know, I was asking Maurice, the story goes that he swallowed Percocet and he was having a snooze. And he said, that's not true. So what is, what is the truth? And I said, why didn't you leave? And he said, George couldn't find the key fob. The key fob was in his pocket because later on it falls to the ground. And uh, he lies to Alexander Kang and says that it's his sister. That's not his sister's car. It's not his car. So I know from watching the Trayvon Martin hoax by Joel Gilbert that uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Benjamin Crump is an ambulance-chasing shyster liar. And, and so the thing that, that was quite, you tell me, um, the Floyd family never met with Maurice. So, of course, this turned into a money thing. This guy that I just spoke to, this friend, said that the brothers changed their number because people were calling, asking for money. And when we say money, there was $27 million, the biggest in civil, in civil suit in history, not to mention all the money that was raised through various GoFundMe. So this was really a ka-ching, ka-ching moment. And if you think, <clears throat> so um, just to share with you and the audience, so, so Maurice skips town that night, that day. He has outstanding warrants. He gets caught as a fugitive out of state. Mm -hmm. That's June 2nd. Literally the next day, the, the case is sealed. The charges are dropped and he's found to have the beginnings of an intellectual disability. So when I told Maurice that. He goes, does it look like I have intellectual disability to you? And I said, no. So then the day after that, he's doing Good Morning America. Like I say, like all mentally ill convicted felons, right? True. Yeah. So, so um, I thought from the outside, this guy um, scored a deal with the government. That's what it looked like, right? So what I learned is that he was sent to Miniger, which is a psycholo psychological evaluation school, whether he was told do this or not. And I think putting mentally ill on your report or dossier kind of mars you. And in any case, he went from being, he was told he was going to be a key witness for whatever reason, they dropped him. So then by default, Ellison, Eric Nelson, sorry, Eric Nelson, the Derek Chauvin's attorney was going to poach him to basically defend Derek and Maurice wasn't going to do that, which is why he pled the fifth. So that helped me understand, understand things. But regardless of what you think of this guy he's a drug dealer, whatever, they were friends. And he said, George had his name on his, had my name on his deathbed because he says, Reese, I love you. Now, I found that strange. I would want to meet with the person who was with my relative, mm -hmm. right? You would too? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So yeah. that is that is a little bit uh, suspect. I don't understand. I don't understand that. I, I, I don't understand why would they not give him some money even to shut him up? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's very, uh, it's very strange. Absolutely. Um, 
the other big thing that I know that's kind of been widely reported, well, it has been widely reported on, but I was curious if you've uncovered anything in particular about the the, the pre-relationship that existed prior between Chauvin and Floyd. Like at the, right? But didn't they work at the same club? Or, I mean, what's up with that? They both worked at El Nuevo Rodeo. And uh, so this guy that I just spoke to, I mean, he's just a part of the posse of friends growing up. He, he heard, or maybe it was a grudge. So... Yeah, and that's part of my book and, and my reveal that stating mm -hmm. that these guys don't know each other, although they both worked at El Nuevo Rodeo, and just to pose the question, how often do you employ a peace officer along with a convicted felon in the same establishment? Is that something that's common? I say probably not. What I've learned is that Derek went his they knew him as the warlord of precinct three and um i so i reveal lots of information about what i found on derek but he also is kind of a ghost in that there's no one to stand on his behalf now i i've been speaking or i have spoken to his appeals lawyer the appeals lawyer wanted to see the rest of the film after i sent the trailer and it was through my trailer that they saw footage that they weren't aware of. And uh, then when I asked the woman who's caring for the gifts and go for, for Derek, can I speak to Carolyn, the mom? She said that Carolyn's not speaking to anyone and then went ahead and blocked me. Oh, wow. But now she's speaking to Candace. So I guess, oh. money I guess money talks, you know, I don't have a billionaire husband. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So, do you, so uh, the the Chauvin trial, like if people don't know, like he was convicted, right? And he's uh, as he, I forget, has he been sentenced already? Has that already gone down? He was sentenced on a state level to twenty two and a half years, okay. and he reversed his non guilty plea on the federal level, but that his sentencing has not um, gone gone through okay. meanwhile there was going to be the state trial of the officers which has been pushed to 2023 excuse me thomas lane pled guilty so he's gone in a three-year which i revealed because we were doing it live with maurice and so i see his reaction to thomas lane getting three years and again like i thought i thought maurice was scum but I found myself crying during the interview because I was like, they took his son away, uh, his child away. They resurfaced all of his charges that they had dropped conveniently was going to be a key witness. And he's now, when I spoke to him, sober, so he doesn't want to go back to selling drugs. So what, what, uh, how is the system helping his black life? Mm, yeah. yeah yeah it's funny how that uh none of that money seemed to go where where it was meant to go you know what i mean like maybe maybe that'd be a good segue into the uh the social unrest piece of it you know so what i mean it's obvious like this was so this is where we get to the psyop piece of it you see i titled the episode like the psyops right yeah. like you know it's almost like the media picks up on any given thing you can pick up any like literally the media if they wanted to they could go out today and say like you know there's a there's a dog walking epidemic happening look at all these people are literally walking their dogs down the streets it's like this epidemic it's like six out of ten people are walking their dogs right now it's like whatever they choose to blast out i mean that seems like in, in this day and age that's their role is to 
pick whatever is in alignment with the narrative and broadcast that and, and steer the public opinion one way or the other, you know? So now obviously the George Floyd incident was used to push forward so much social upheaval. And in, in other countries, you know, you describe that as like a color revolution. Like, can you kind of give us a background, like what, what you characterize as a color revolution and how you think that the George Floyd situation is, is consistent with that? Well, I'm not an expert as far as oh, sure. of communism and their playbook, other than there's an event that is manufactured to sow discord and, and uh, unrest in this situation that it helped us go from what I say from virus to violence because we were being locked down and people were fed up and uh, we were speaking every single day about these supposed this case demic right yeah. and all the people supposedly dying and then overnight the narrative changed to this supposed uh, racial tension this race systemic racism epidemic mm, that that is manufactured and they sowed discord they they there was there was ruin i mean two billion dollars in damages and it's like look over here and and then shift and also it allowed for mask mandates so this slogan of i can't breathe in tandem with uh their face diapers and nobody batted an eye you know even the 846 right this 846 which became symbolic of the time supposedly that derek was on george that was then determined to be a clerical error and was more like nine minutes or whatever. And then they said, oh, it doesn't matter. It's symbolic because details don't matter. And 846 just happens to be the time when the North Tower uh, went into on 9-11. On, um, mm. 846, the North Tower was hit at 846 a.m., um, so there's been there's symbology around 846 only to tell the people, oops, we, you know, that's just a little detail. Mm -hmm. But if you look at little details, that that's where the devil lies, right? All these little details. And when you have Keith Ellison at the end of all of this saying this had nothing to do with racism and it wasn't brought up on the federal um, level during the federal trial, that was very it wasn't really covered that what came to mind for me was like, is this was this all a drill? And in fact, they had someone that teaches live exercises mm -hmm. and they admitted that they had designed the duty to intervene exercise, but they never played it out. And I would argue this was the duty to intervene. And not only did this usher in the color revolution, we're still seeing the impact of all the legislation, such as duty to intervene across the board, 3000 bills in the United States of America, the most senior officer had no idea this was a policy. And so the federal, the, the three officers were found guilty of aiding and abetting and basically not doing enough. So Thomas Lane that literally did chest compressions on George didn't do enough. Yeah. So duty to intervene, would that be in this case, like maybe the other officers were obligated to say, Hey, Derek, dude, knock it off. Like that sort of thing. Right. Okay. So despite the fact that they were following their training, yeah. it was determined that they sh basically should have moved their field training officer, their superior, Derek, and in 
like I said, get out of the way and intervened and superseded. Whereas it that it's like the training manual was on the stand. And yeah. if you if you put yourself in in this was the third and fourth day. It's convenient drills often use rookies. And so imagine you're on your third or fourth day and you're having to make a split second decision. You're refer you're deferring to your superior. And now we're going to scrutinize the case and hold you accountable for a training that you were following. So, you know, speaking to my mentor who is black and who's like, oh, I thought you were defending Derek. And I was like, you know, there's nuance. I just believe that we deserve the right to a fair trial. This was not a fair trial. That does not mean that I justify that he stayed on him after he clearly passed out. But I, I ask people where I am today that I think that it was planned. And if you, which includes his lines, how did he know he was gonna die? Like everything that it was his, so imagine Scott, for a moment that he took those drugs so that he can get away with, get through what he had to go through. And he knew you're going to be immortalized. We're going to make you Rodney 2.0 or he wasn't going to die. And he died. And that was like, not, um, they were told that wasn't part of the plan, but it was part of the plan. And so what's real, what's not, it's, it's agreed upon that in these psyops, they're compartmentalized and yeah. you can look to chapter seven of Bill Gates's latest book, practice, practice, practice to see how it's all about exercises, whether it's a live table exercise or a full scale exercise, which is as real as possible. This is the world that we're living in. Now we're in the Truman show. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to look into that. That's that's I didn't know Bill Gates had a playbook for uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a book out and chapter seven is called okay. practice, practice, practice. I'll check it out. That's a good, good shout out there. Now I want, I wanted to run by you like one of my takes too. And I, and I love, I love the idea of it all being planned out. I mean, it just seems like it, it checks so many boxes in terms of what they were able to push forward in terms of the narrative. I mean, hundred percent, but uh, one of the things like one of my impressions when I was, cause I had to, you know, in working on this with you, like I've watched all the footage probably dozen, a couple dozen times. I've, I've seen, I'm very intimate with all the footage, start to finish every single one of their, one of their uh, body cam footages. And one of the things that really stood out to me, it's like, while he was, while Chauvin had his knee on Floyd's neck, there was a gentleman on the street. I can't remember his name. He was like the MMA fighter, the guy that like, uh, Williams. What, what is it? Donald Williams. Donald Williams. Okay. So Donald Williams. So there was an exchange between him and Chauvin for almost the entire time. And that Der Donald was like, Hey man, you can't be doing that. You can't put his name, your knee on his neck. Like you're a bum, bro. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking bum. I was like calling him a bum for like the whole time. Right. right? And, and the way Derek was looking at him, I almost felt like it was Derek's pride being like, being like, you can't tell me what to do. You're just an innocent bystander. You don't need to know what the fuck you're talking about. It was almost like he was like taking it out on him. Like, I'm not going to do what you say. Like it almost like looked like he was like drilling his knee and his neck just to take it out on this guy that was standing on the street, chastising him. It almost felt like a pride thing there a little bit. I almost got like a little bit of that sensation. It was like, it's almost like he wasn't directed towards like the knee on the neck. Wasn't as much directed towards Floyd as much as it was to this, this guy that's, that's bugging me on the sidewalk. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just got that weird vibe from it. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I did find it bizarre in that the way he looks directly at Darnella's camera, right? Yeah. There's an entire act, act one, I call it mm. 
where they're on the other side of the street outside of Dragon Walk, and that was kept from, from the people. And it's easy to justify all everything that followed, that this was kind of like a pimple that busted, right? And yeah. as early as 2008, like there's no doubt that M Minneapolis and that police department is hella crooked. And they tried in the past and they basically said that they needed a Darnella. They needed that footage. So the fact that he looks straight into the camera and, and, and I resolved to myself because I played over and over again, how did they not recognize each other? And the only way is if they were told not to recognize each other. Now, given George could have been high, at one point he says, he know it, he know it. And another line that was like, you tell me, what the hell does this mean? When I stop breathing, when I stop breathing, it's going to go off on me, man. Yep. What does that mean? Yep. I'm through. Say, you know, he's saying his goodbyes. He, he knows that this is like, the choreograph you you say you're claustrophobic like oh you but you were in your own car for you were in the car for how long you weren't close this is not your first rodeo you've seen tons of black back seats you're a career criminal you know i called one oh uh oh oops oops it's really hard to say something nice because he robbed me. I'm like, he, but you were next door neighbors. Yeah, he came in and they robbed, took everything because, you know, you you want to when you're when you're a junkie, you don't care. You rob people, and 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 by no means do I not believe in recovery or forgiveness. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Can you can you see me? Are we good? I can see you. I can see you okay. now. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know what what uh, point I was I was making or, or uh like like you know the redemption like yeah oh. he was he wasn't a yeah I want to say also one of the in the footage that I have that I've obtained that what I was told by Chris Martin Chris Martin is the boy that took the twenty who I interviewed but not on camera and uh, nobody cares about his black life and the real um, trauma of that he's going to have to process he didn't make thousands and thousands of dollars but what he told me was that george was dead so because i hear over and over again is george dead is george i'm like i've seen some really gruesome autopsy reports that I haven't seen the light of day and i think he's dead um so he told me that george was dead when he was put on the gurney so therefore everything that followed was for optics because it's a straight shot to Hennepin um, County Medical Center, and yet they took a wrong turn. Mm -hmm. So I told myself, well, I believe Chris would be able to identify if someone's life has been snuffed. So this footage that, that I was listening to that hasn't seen the light of day, you can hear someone be behind Darnella, Middle Eastern guy, say as he's put on the gurney, he's dead already. So also, when you look at the average time that someone is resuscitated, it's 20 minutes, not an hour. Like they went through such optics to resuscitate him. But again, I don't think they would do that for you or for me. And if you were if you were being held down and you said, I need some water, like, 
I don't think anyone would care. I don't think you can get away with saying you have claustrophobia despite whatever color you are. Mm -hmm. You know, and then on the point of like drugs in a system that you mentioned earlier, like this is a matter of public record. Like you can go to like the Minneapolis Police Department Medical Examiner's website and you can actually download his a PDF version of his autopsy report. And tell us about tell us about some of the weird stuff in there. It's no longer acknowledged that drugs played um, played a role. Maurice literally told me that he didn't even do drugs that day. He admitted to using, but said that that day they did not do any drugs. So that's you know what I found really weird after speaking to Maurice is revisiting the nine one one call. The nine one one call that was never never released. And listening, knowing who put in the call and saying they're awfully drunk and he's sitting on his car. Um, no, he wasn't awfully drunk. And, and supposedly George, like no one's seen him exiting. I have the footage of him leaving Cup Foods and he dances across the street. And when they arrive there, it's clear from the body language that Maurice is the one in charge. And then they cross the street towards Cup Foods. And Scott, they literally go out on the street where the incident is going to happen. And Maurice looks down and it's like, what are they doing? Scouting the street where it's going to all happen? So, you know, I'm, I don't know exactly how these psyops work. That, that's why I'm doing this investigation. People want to yeah. know what happened. But this is the book is just to lay it all out. And in the end, then I give my theory and it has changed every day. And when I just look at the footage of him um, with Derek, not act two, it does look like a lynching. It looks very bad. It's supposed, it's supposed to be very, look very bad. Yeah. Um, but I believe in context and nothing happens in a, in a vacuum. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing too, that, that I wanted to mention here, and maybe we can get a little bit into some of the other psyops that you, that we like to talk about here. But, uh, the other thing that, that you wanted to really highlight in the trailer was like, you know, Tao officer Tao does this weird little hand gesture that kind of like, uh, is, is kind of some circumstantial evidence to what you're talking about here. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. And I have shown it to red pill and Pete's and Tilly and they, they, they acknowledge they're like, what? Like, I thought oh, it was even um, Charles Robinson. He's like, does anyone else know this? Have, have you shown anyone? It's right. It's there. It's in my trailer. Um, you know, I was I, I, in the process of looking at the footage over and over and over again to look for things that people miss. I saw that the, um, the bystanders or extras all walk in unison. So I played it over and over again. It's very subtle. So then I was like, okay, let me go to Tao's camera. He can't speak, right? He can't say, an action. And then sure enough, there's a gesture. And he's like, come. And then they all move in unison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is Candace going to steal that footage from me? I don't know. I don't know. It was very bizarre. I didn't notice it until you pointed out. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Told uh, she's the gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I brought her the trailer about eight months ago. And uh, now she's doing her own doc. 
Yeah, well, it's crazy. So I got uh, Audis is in the chat here. He left a really nice uh, super chat, and he's a uh, he's a black gentleman here in Nashville that owns a radio station. So he's one of my big. He's one of my buddies. Actually, he's coming on the show on uh, Friday. So we'll probably like have a nice follow up discussion for a lot of topics related to this. But he left a he left a uh, message here that says the reason that she's talking to Candace Owens is because Owens is controlled opposition and knows what not to say. Just further convinces me that the entire George Floyd situation is a big old psyop, just like OJ and Rodney King. So there you go. That's Audis. I value his opinion quite a bit. So that's cool. Yeah, I just caught the shivers. Um, yeah. yeah, for you know, I directed a film that's been seen around the world. I'm. Mm -hmm. I'm a real journalist, a real filmmaker, but I um been having hard time. I raised a million dollars for Vanishing of the Bees, and I just want to pay my expenses and the editor, and I've had a hard time just raising fifteen thousand. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Well, shoot. Well, let's let's talk about some of that stuff. So here, so uh, so what what's the best way to support? What this project because you're doing some amazing things you know and apparently we're up against the clock because candace is on the prowl but what what are some of the best ways to support this project i think you have a give, send go right i do have a give send go and people can get a advanced copy of the book if if they give an amount they can go directly to georgefloydreview.org or give send go i don't know i think i'm at 2999 and i don't know I, I've stopped even looking at it because I'm so effing discouraged. Oh, it's crazy how like, you know, we're, we're over here. We're trying to do the truth. We're trying to drop the truth. We're trying to like really do powerful. Yeah, look at that. Come on, you guys. Let's get her over the $3,000 hump before the end of the broadcast here. Come on. now. <laughs> so awesome. People can see the trailer. They can see all my interviews. I've written about 50 articles. And I have a um, publisher. and. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to be speaking to a private eye in regards to what I found, but I can't substantiate. I'm tempted to tell you, but I'll, I'll sit on I'll sit on it. Um, okay, no worries. Yeah, yeah we got to we leave something for the big reveal here. Um, tell us. So, Miriam, like you, you've you told us a little bit about your life story in terms of like how you've been able to overcome so much in terms of you know taking your own health back away from the big pharma cartel. You know, and that led you to, you know, really uncovering some really powerful stuff as a functional medicine, medicine consultant. And you've, you've created Honey Colony. Tell us about Honey Colony a little bit. Yeah. So after I directed Vanishing of the Bees and just. This is a fantastic I, I, film, by the way, everybody needs to go back and watch Vanishing of the Bees. Oh, like Vanishingbees.com, yeah. narrated by Ellen Page. Um, now Elliot Page. Well, yeah, she, it was Ellen Page at the time. So we can still say Ellen Page. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so, so after making Vanishing of the Bees, I was in the Dominican Republic and uh, I got sprayed by pesticides. And then shortly after I lost all my strength and uh, was told that I have lupus. And it took me six years, but I reversed the lupus, the ANA levels, when in reality it was chemical body burden. Um, but it's also tied into lots of times Epstein-Barr virus. So I launched Honey Colony to really empower, inspire, and educate people. Mm -hmm. I was one of the first in the nutraceutical spaces, and now it's saturated and others have gotten into supplements. So we were making, we made a, a 
from 200 to from 2015 to 2016 i went from 200,000 to a million dollars in sales and i was finally going to be in the green and be a um you know a wealthy or well-to-do um entrepreneur and then the next year in 2017 which i called the year of playing whack-a-mole i we lost a quarter of a million dollars and um i was attacked for selling cbd again before everyone and their mama if you go scott to simply transformative.com so i was forced to put the cbd on a different site the site this site was making $75,000 a month. And last year it made 28,000 for the entire year. Mm. The day of January 6th, where I was at January 6th, I'm not embarrassed to say, mm. I took part in the live action role play LARP and uh, lost my processor through Square. It was a Square CBD program and they dumped me and I couldn't make a penny for six months. So I lost a lot of my clients. Now CBD, I can talk about the, you know, I won't do it, but a lot of people are making it in a very crappy way. Distillate, uh, isolates, not looking at the entourage effect, not caring about the cannabinoid system and just wanting to make money. Um, not caring that it's organic. Cannabis is a bioremediating plant. Therefore, they used it in Chernobyl to literally clean the soil. Mm -hmm. So you kind of don't want to imbibe it if it's not organic. And just to also to tell people that I got into health and wellness. I come from Canada. I was working for, like I mentioned, at MSNBC. And I stepped into a crosswalk. And I was hit by an SUV and dragged 50 feet and literally had to walk again. And I'm bringing that up also because I, I was, uh, you know, I'm unpacking because I've, I've been in Florida less than six months. And I found this. This was in my body. This is a 14-inch titanium rod. Wow. This was in my body. And I fought to remove it because... 99% of people never remove the hardware, but I'm not 99% by any stretch of the imagination in my average. And um, so I, I fought to remove it and all my deferring pain came left. I, I thought I had lost this, but I, I kept it. I, I keep it on my altar. I was going to make it into a flute or um, a mobile. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really stand for it. I'm 49 years old. Do I look 49? No, not at all. And so if I can do this, you know, I, I stand to walk my talk because I go to a lot of these medical freedom events, medical freedom, which I've been covering vaccines since 2013. And I see a lot of unhealthy people who claim that they're in health and wellness, but they're not walking their talk. And I treat my body like a temple and I refuse to have big ag and big corporations or big pharma poison me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Miriam, I'm happy to report that we just pushed you over the three thousand dollar mark. Adis, you know, when we were just talking about, just dropped a hundred bucks in there for you. So, oh, thank, thank you, Adis. Adis, good man. So, thank you. Yeah, so that's thank awesome. You. We got the best listeners and viewers in the world here, man. I'm so oh, stoked. Yeah. It makes me so happy. That's um, cool. It really makes a difference when I go on shows and the person stands for me, as opposed to like, please give me money. It's like it's not something enjoyable for me. Um, but I don't. I really don't think people realize what real journalism no. entails. 
And yeah. I didn't either. You've inspired me a little bit. Like I've, I've done, I've actually like picked up the phone and called hospitals. I'm like, Miriam does it. Like she just picked up the phone and calls people, dude. I'm just like, Oh yeah, you can just do that. I forgot. Like, yeah. Awesome. It's really cool. So, all right. So we kind of touched on the January 6th. I know we kind of talked about maybe covering that a little bit. We got a few more minutes here, like maybe 15, 20 minutes. So that's cool. And like, um, so what, God, there's just so much bullshit floating around about January 6th. Like how, what would be your character characterization of the psychological operation aspect of it? You know, Scott, I, I listened, it was four hours yesterday for day four and mm. I listened to the source. I make myself listen and they're now share, talking about this scam about fake state of electors. And then the day before, the third day last week, they were talking about the 12th Amendment and they made it seem like we were saying that Pence was just going to unequivocally decide on his own. And that's not what we were saying. He was going, the, the state of electors, there was a hearing that day of January 6th. That's the whole point that that riot foiled this process so that by the time they returned to consider the slate of electors and see the discrepancy, the 12th Amendment says that Pence would count. And then based on that, there would be a hearing. Now, it's been such a long time that I have to go back to my coverage of J6 and the election because the gaslighting is so outstanding that I myself like so yesterday now they're talking about this scam of the fake state of electors and I'm like what is that like in other words if you're not privy to the truth or you haven't researched it or you're not following someone who you trust with the reportage I don't know what you would make of this it's 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 really bad I think that the goal is to prevent um Trump from running again is my my take from it. Then and really, we're the ones who are on the stand. What what have you been following? So I was I was there just to yeah. tell people. I I was I was I was there. Um, I shared my footage the next day with Rudy Giuliani. I wondered if Rudy's job was to make sure this this these cases don't go anywhere. I'm not sure. But when I walked in to the, the room in the Willard and Millie Weaver and Tori was there, what came to my mind is like, oh, is this just going to end up to be a, a documentary? So that's kind of what it's become. It's become like yesterday they had Ruby Freeman on. And if you recall with the suitcases and it's completely turned on its head and this woman looks like a victim. And uh, you know what I found very disgusting is that they're using our lines in that I just want to uphold the Constitution. Mm -hmm. I just don't give a shit about the Constitution. What? So, and then the woman was like, Ruby was like, I gained 60 pounds. I wasn't able to go anywhere. First of all, I highly doubt that you went anywhere where there was uh, conservatives that were going to give you a hard time. And as far as the 60 pounds, like that's the COVID lockdown, honey, that has nothing to do with what happened. Um, you know, she's clearly has blood pressure issues and, and maybe a case of um, goit, like 
anyway, so she was just painted as a victim. And what did you watch the what do you think? What do your listeners think? I don't know if there's comments. Do you get comments? I get some comments. You know, it's not like the type of it's not like a Tim Pool show. It was like a million comments rushing in at a time. And there's people. No one's really chatting about the January 6th thing yet. You guys have any opinions? Throw it in a super chat or whatever, and we'll we'll talk about it. But here's my take. It's like, you know, <clears throat> it's so frustrating, the selective outrage. You know, that's one of the things that drives me the craziest is like when the media reports, they latch onto something kind of like what you were just saying, where it's like all of a sudden now they care about the rule of law. And all of a sudden they care about like, you know, like where were the police? Like, oh, oh, so now you want police like hold on we just got done with two years of you wanting to get rid of police and now what and so the fact that that they just kind of shift their view based on you know if it's advantageous to their narrative you know they don't have principles there's no principles at play here they don't have any like beliefs they don't have anything that they can like firmly stand on it's just whatever is politically advantageous on that day is what they go with and this thing this whole thing it's like dude there's no the only like innocent people that died from a direct result of this were like people that were shot by like capital 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 police like no police were killed that day it's kind of like the thing where you ask like your average like i don't know leftist like how many how many black people did Kyle Rittenhouse kill and they'll be like 10 like so there's a lot of people that think that like Kyle Rittenhouse killed like 10 black people. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's kind of the, and that's the same story of January 6th. It's, it's like the story that they're throwing out there is like this crazy group of like violent white supremacists stormed the Capitol and killed all these police officers. It's like, no man, literally no, like none of that. Like, none of that you're, yeah. It's just so crazy. I interviewed Dave Summerall last week and uh, I didn't know that there were people that died due to the grenades that the police, um, through so i didn't know that either there were about 12 13 people who died oh my god yeah i was i was surprised and of course you know sitnik that they uh lied about the cause of death and then there were other officers after the fact that committed suicide Mm -hmm. which is also very bizarro did they know something and couldn't live with themselves what prompted this but that's the thing. Selective rage is a good way to put it. Selective deaths because uh, Ashley Babbitt, the the officer, never even filed an effing report. And um, so I also look at these things when there's no report. It, it, it shows to me a Hollywood footprints because that's not the way things operate. So, for instance, like in let's say just to touch on George Floyd again, when we're dealing with fake money, it's the secret service. However, at um, the scene turned into crime scene. And so one of the characteristics of a false flag is when you have these multi-jurisdictional agencies and you have BCA, which is the equivalent of FBI in Minneapolis, you have FBI, you have MPD, you have all these other jurisdictions when it should be just local, right? Like if, if something happened in the town I'm in, the BCA or the FBI or the CIA wouldn't be coming on the scene. Secondly, when I applied for a FOIA to understand where does this fake money come from, they acknowledged that they talked about four fake 20s, but there were fake $1 bills. By the way, in January 2020, the Minneapolis State Department um intercepted $900,001 fake bills coming from China. And so in this FOIA, 
They don't even entertain where this money comes from. Who made this money? Because what's really going on is the Mexican cartel. And I'm reading a book and I'm going to interview the author. I was looking for, okay, I'm trying, my suspicion is that the government uses the cartel as the boogeyman, as the bad guy, when in reality they're in cahoots. So I came across a book that had not even come out in English called Mexican, the, the Mexican cartels do not exist. And so the book has just come out and I'm going to be interviewing Oswaldo, who is a journalist from Mexico and, and wrote this book, basically saying that they cling on to this idea of the cartels, but also the way the cartels work in this day and age is very decentralized in order to make sure that, that they don't get captured. It's, it's so again, point is real investigations, you mm -hmm. file a report. Uh, so the fact that this, this officer tied into Ashley Babbitt gets off and there's no official report. Yeah, that's just so crazy. I mean, that's really the, the the tragedy, like an innocent, just like murder, like an assassination right there. And like, you know, if these people that are all upset about, you know, the incident on January 6th, if they did have principles, if they did have morals that were consistent, then they would be outraged about that aspect of it. They, because this is this is a police officer or a, per, a law enforcement uh, agent of the government who used excessive force and murdered an innocent person. Like if they were using the same outrage that they did for two years with George Floyd, they would be outraged about that. But no, you, I mean, they, they celebrate the fact they think it's fantastic that some like MAGA person was shot innocently right there on the steps, man. It's just so, so brutal and just so well, unbelievable. And, and there's a lack of, um, you know, if you're if you and I are problem solving something, then what's the underlying goal is to hear each other out and to find a resolve, right? Yeah. In this, that's dialectic. It's it's they're playing both sides, like to the point of like I wanted to who do who can I I guess other than Bob Barnes and Viva Fry who could talk from a legal point of view and and I haven't seen it yet to talk about the 12th amendment to talk about um to give a a rebuttal and to get back to our senses and then I also wonder why didn't is there anybody on the on the Republican side Navarro um nobody's agreed to go testify and so I wonder what, like Zach was telling me, why, you know, why didn't anyone from the Republicans go and, and stand to, to defend? I don't know. Yeah. Do you oh. know? Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, I think that like the Republicans are just as in on it as anybody else, man. Like I, it's all just a big, it's all like, theater, no. man. Like I know, like I can almost predict the big psyop that's coming next, man. And, and they're, they're waiting to overturn Roe versus Wade until it's a little bit closer to the election. And then there can be blood in the streets once again. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the Republicans playing that game, right? They're, they're, they're in on it too. They know, they know the game plan, right? They're, they, they, they're, they're not like they, if all this rhetoric about them overturning Roe versus Wade, right? I mean, they, they're waiting until like, I'll say September, they'll do it in September and then it'll just be chaos right before the election. Right. Just like they want they'll lock it down martial law. So it's like the, the Republicans are just as in on it, dude, they're passing, they're out there right now as we speak, passing gun control legislation. They know exactly what they're doing. It's all just a big theatrical show. You know what I mean? What do you think? Don't uh, you think? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. 
I, I do think it's all political theater. And I was saying that, I mean, in the end, Trump symbolized the Constitution and we the people. And uh, that what he, that's what he continues. However, if he he's the one who said to come to January 6th, it's going to be wild, is what he said. And intuitively, subconsciously, or I, when I woke up that day, I told Zach, today is going to be historical. God knows I didn't know what was, you know, there was across my mind, is this a trap? I don't regret going because I, I saw with my own eyes the, pro, the Jean Provocateurs. And uh, I don't think it's an accident that the next day I was meeting Rudy. Just a couple of days ago, they played my clip again. No credit. No. I certainly didn't get seventy fucking thousand dollars like John Sullivan. Excuse my language. Mm -hmm. um, no credit. No. No. He didn't even mention. He didn't even pronounce Jason Funes's name properly. So I just I wonder. Now it's become this whole market, this whole niche of us reacting to the mainstream, right? So we're playing. Oh, yeah. We're playing into it playing into the dialectic and in the meanwhile life is passing by life is precious like zach was telling me the other day she would just throw our phones in the in the ocean and go to bali yeah that's that's probably it you know you're you, you that's a very good point like it's not it's half our fault you know it's just responding to whatever they're doing like we need to like i'm the big proponent and what i talk about try to get to more so, so on the show here's talk about solutions and how we can be building yeah. our own lives better you know what i mean and and, you know, I know the work that you do with, um, you know, like the health focused stuff, you know, that's, that's very much a part of that. So I know that's a big part of your message too, is solutions and how to yeah. you know, become more autonomous and more healthy individuals, which really at the end of the day is the best way for us to fight back is to, you know, not only empower ourselves through health and wellness, but also, you know, our immediate surroundings. And then, so I know that's a big part of your message too. So. Absolutely. To be the change that you want to see. Yeah. And um, we're not perfect. We're all humans. I say say sorry to someone today just what's really lacking you can love jesus christ all you want but if you're not allowed able to say i'm sorry or look at yourself in the mirror and see your shadow then it doesn't who cares how much you love jesus god works through you and you can it really takes humility and to look at yourself and my philosophy having almost died is know thyself and and I, I agreed to myself after I finished this book and movie that I will step out of politics. I, I never, you know, I used to watch Bill Maher and, and look at these political pundits and really not be, have an idea of who they're talking about. And now I watch the pressers. I, I, I watch these FDA. I really want to go to the source and not rely on people's reportage, which has come in handy because I see things that someone doesn't see, like the foul little segment. I don't think anyone else has has caught that. But yeah, to be the, the to be the solution, to, to be the change that we want to see is, is very important. What is the most important in life is our health. We can all agree that there's a quickening going on and time is collapsing because I cannot believe it's June 22nd. Can you? Yeah, we're halfway done with this year already. Like, no way, man. It's it's all getting crazy, man. The AI, whatever, dude. Like, it's it's all 
So, so it's getting crazy, man. But hey, this is the best time to be alive. We're in this beautiful ride. Everything's great. Like, I don't know about you. Like for me, like I've never done better these last couple of years. It's been the best two years of my life. That's all nice. things considered, right? I mean, you you've done some pretty amazing things too. You know what I mean? Like, don't you feel that? Like we're just like in well, exciting times. I definitely feel like my life is not ordinary. No. And uh and and I wake up in the morning and I say, Thank you, God. Please use me as to be in service. Um, it's been frustrating because of the censorship. It's frustrating to see others steal and co-opt my work. And I'm not driven by money, but I, I do want credit as a journalist. You know, to, you break stories and certainly I've broken many of them. And in regards to this medical freedom, you know, we... we if you see my uh, on Gap TV, I did my spoof vaccine mania and vitriol disorder, and it was a response to vaccine hesitancy. That's 2019. If you watch that, it'd be like it's it gains um, relevance every single day. And um, many of us knew this is the same playbook, different virus, and you know now they're they're bringing about their money pox. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a two-pronged, you know, it's always multi-pronged. It serves many purposes. On one purpose, it will hide the incidences of VADs because, you know, these poxes are very common and your immune system can keep them at bay, like the shingles, unless you don't have an immune system anymore. And two, if it's bioengineered and it's not a usual variety monkeypox. So the fact that Bill Gates... They, they bring, brought down the masks, right? Which was like, I don't know for you, but it was, for me, it was like, huh, really? They're bringing down in the, in the, in the airports, public transportation. So I said to myself, okay, this is going to be short lived. And then to learn that Bill Gates in their money pox, um, the tabletop exercise that they actually say 10 airports that will be hit. And if you go to the monkey pox meter, it's 10 countries that are hit. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, but I know, I know I read this book, Scott, I was unpacking a couple weeks ago. This is called biohazard. This book is by Ken Ollie back. And it is the chilling true story of the largest government biological weapons program in the world. Told from the inside. And this is all the bioweapons in the Soviet Union, which includes Ukraine. And this man who wrote this book, who I've tried two months to get a hold of, God knows where he is, um, his job was to outfit missiles with Q fever, tularemia, smallpox, anthrax, mm. to send missiles into the United States. So there's no doubt. Regardless of Nixon, they we were supposed to eradicate the, the stockpiles of bioweapons. I know that they have shit that they can really cause harm. Of yeah. course, this pandemic has been doing so well and killing people and people think it's the Rona. Um, but yeah, th there's more on the horizon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the 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 live stream that Ryan and I just did, he was covering how like they're reporting, like they're detecting cases of polio in the sewage yeah. monitoring in the UK. Yeah. And then there was another like anthrax, something, some, some anthrax detected over in Russia. 
So now we got all of these like psyops colliding, man. It's just, it's getting wild. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's getting crazy. All right. Well, Miriam, gosh, I know you do so much. You've got so much going on these days. Like we've gone over a few of your websites, but where do you want to send people to? Uh, well, I got to say too, Ronnie in the chat sent a super chat and was asking how to support you. So Ronnie, Ronnie's also got a new show called Enlighten Me. So you guys go check it out. I was actually on his show this last week. So go check it out. But Miriam, where can the folks go to listen, follow, support and everything that you're working on these days? Thank you. All right. Yeah, there is a lot of if you want to support my abusive relationship with Twitter, um, they refuse to let me go over 3000, even though they took 30,000 and all my data. Um, so be lady 17. I'm also now are you on truth social? No, I haven't crossed that bridge yet. Are you on there? I am on there. Although I don't know about the censorship there too. I just think I'm on a shit list, but anyway, so are you getting I, censored on truth social? I'm just not getting the traction. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. But I'm a, I'm Lady B on Gab, and I put out a lot of things on Gab TV, little snippets. And I'm cool. on Rockfin, a Truth Lives Here, Miriam Hinane. I'll give my email if it's okay. If, um, of course, the Give and Go, which is my focus to finish this project. It's um, my email is Miriam M A R Y A M at honeycolony.com you can also come to Vaxter Dr. Sherry Tenpenny's I put together a six part series mm -hmm. on what the mRNA jab from hell does in the body and I've also been covering Charles Lieber that's about to walk away a free man mm -hmm. yeah okay isn't he the guy that uh, oh, tell me about him real quick I, I've Charles Lieber, I call him the nanotech king. He is responsible for Elon Musk's Neuralink, uh, Neuralace, and uh, he's created cyborg heart tissue. And uh, he's he's responsible for he's a pioneer in the in the nanotech world. You know, as we um, continue to try to fuse man with machine. But he got caught up in some criminal case or something right wasn't, wasn't that the case? Was involved in the child and the thousands projects plan he was a harvard professor and they claim harvard claims that they didn't know that he was working at the wuhan institute oh. of technology even though there's a paper that says joint nano lab so that's bullshit mm -hmm. um so he's a prized israeli asset and it would not be possible with all his tech you know, all his inventions. So now they're saying that he didn't work in China, that he didn't do anything wrong. And there, this was under, he was arrested under the China initiative under Trump, which was launched in 2018. Well, if you go to the Department of Justice, they 404 the entire initiative, because that's what we do in the Ministry of Truth. We just, we just erase shit. And we pretend it didn't happen. And then we gaslight you and we say, what's two plus two? And you have to say five. Yeah, bro. They'll break your back, man. That's crazy. All right. So we got honeycolony.com. We got simplytransformative.com. We got the give, send, go forward slash Miriam Hinane. Um, Should be links in all the descriptions. I'll go back and double check that those are all updated. But yeah, Miriam, holy crap. Thank you so much, so much for coming in. You uh, dropped all kinds of good information on us. Can't wait for the book. Can't wait for the film. Um, all exciting times. So, all right, guys. So thank you all for sitting in with us today. Miriam, any final thoughts? Any final words? Just uh, love each other. Life is short. And please embark on a self-journey.
Ooh, self journey. All right, guys. Join us on that self journey, man. I feel like I'm going on one for sure. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Miriam, thank you so much and take care. Thank you. Bye.